just go straight to your biggest spell. Just go straight <laughs> to the big spell at the end. He's yeah. building up. Well, it's like it's like the bad guys in movies that start off with the guns, and when that doesn't work, they're like, mm, time to use the rocket launcher. It's like the rocket launcher always works, guys. What the fuck? Yeah, it's like how the Power Rangers always used to try as a separate thing, and then they'd be like, no, that didn't work, because it never works, Brian. It never works. Let's just immediately, tell you what, let's get together at 2 o'clock every day, form up as the giant thing, and then just look around. <laughs> God awful movie movie movies. Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema because otherwise we'd be stuck watching the world burn down around us. I'm your host, No Illusions, and sitting to my immediate left is my good friend Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. You know sir. who's a great Musician. Who's that? <laughs> the techno reggae artist who wrote the Vultures theme song. <laughs> and, I love it now. And the 37 drummers that they used as well. Yeah. And sitting 81 miles to my right is my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? <laughs> call forward, which is actually okay. a call backward at this point when this What's episode that? comes out. <laughs> <laughs> What's you gotta follow happening? him. You gotta follow him across multiple podcast people. That's what he's trying to tell you. And dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, Heath, what are we gonna be breaking down today? All right, we watched Wicked Vultures Two. It's the continuing saga of. It's part four of the fucking vultures thing. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's like a beauty pageant, demon head. I don't know. <laughs> and Eli. How bad was this movie? Well, if you loved the first three Vultures movies, but you hated how many of the words you could understand, you <laughs> will love this movie. This is like, do you remember that scene from The Office where Michael Scott thinks that negotiation is just like, mum, 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 like just getting quiet. It's like the Vultures movies have slowly been doing this to us. And by the end of like Happy Vultures Birthday 77, it's just going to be a series of interconnected syllables with us guessing randomly at the scenes. Is that not what we were doing? Pretty I might have to, to change what my notes my are right now. <laughs> i got to write all new notes. All right, so this is, of course, the fourth episode of, of the Vulture series, as Heath mentioned. So before we get into it, I want to give the audience kind of an idea how this measures up to the other three. So of the four, where would you rank Wicked Vultures 2 in terms of random ever-variant audio quality? <laughs> I'm going to say uh, tied for first with all of them. It's The entire series is shot with, like, one mic implanted in the actor's larynx and the other mic attached to a flying kite somewhere nearby. <laughs> you you do get the feeling that the actors in this movie think mics are demons so that the people who made it had to hide them around <laughs> in case they ever caught one. I think this is the first movie where like somebody actually hits the microphone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll get there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, how about in terms of angry direct address monologues of intended evil? Oh, first place. Everyone's a Bond villain trying to impress the camera guy with their plan <laughs> constantly. I feel like the camera guy like was playing with a mic and everyone in the cast saw him and they were all mad at him through the shooting in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Whose side are you on? And finally, and I think this is sort of the most important one. Where does this rank in terms of ass-kicking magic vultures? Uh, for me, also first place. Oh, yeah. Both in total volume and in... They murder a rapist. Yeah, they do. Which they is do. slightly different than punching a Nazi, right? 
It's a little bit different. We're not doing this on air. <laughs> we no, are divided is, in our opinions. <laughs> it violates the iTunes terms of service, and we would have to have our podcast removed if we did. Yeah. Uh, joke, joke. So you Nazis. should rape a Nazi, is what we're saying. <laughs> and then we will kill you. <laughs> With a vulture. With a vulture. <laughs> But we'll send you a nice t-shirt. Okay, so Eli, where would you rank it in terms of ass-kicking magic vultures? We're going. What it is is we're going for like new records every week of how long it takes to go completely off the rails. And uh, I don't think we can I beat think this we've, one. We've said it. Yeah. Today we got it in the count we do to balance yeah. out our mic. <laughs> right. <laughs> we actually had to cut something before that. Uh, no, I'm going to go with first place for this, of course, but I have to admit, aside from sort of like poltergeist stuff, their main trick seems to be making people crazy. I got to admit, I'm a little disappointed in the vultures so far. Yeah, no, <laughs> for three movies, we've been building up their badassery and then all they can do is like make people strip. Kind of weird. Um, now, is, is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Uh, yeah, uh, two things, actually. I'm going to say best worst strategy for using magical powers. Now, we have bad guys with access to a demon god who controls vultures with laser beams. And we saw them already use this to increase sales at a flea market in <laughs> earlier episodes. This time they also levitate office chairs. That's what they go with for the magic. A little uh, monkey in the middle with some glasses. We'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one other thing, best worst overuse of the phrase you people man i'll tell you what if the main character was white this would be very uncomfortable yeah (laughs) uh can i go with best worst money envelopes the entire last three quarters of this movie are just this guy sitting down with people talking to them and handing them what could not be more obviously the same three sad ruffled envelopes with no money inside (laughs) (laughs) They couldn't even afford legit envelopes. I thought those were just like index cards with like a check and crayon. It's very hard to tell. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get to the breakdown, I'm going to need a quick minute to strike a few things out of Eli's notes. And, and my, Yeah, thank and, you. And mine. Perfect. So uh, Perfect. we're going to pause for a quick break. And when we come back, we'll dive into all the horrible legacy of British colonialism that is <laughs> Wicked Vultures <laughs> 2. Hey, hey, it's me, Carl the Pug of Pegacon. I'm one-third Pug, one-third Pegasus, and one-third Unicorn. And there's nothing a Pug of Pegacon likes more than having friends over for a fresh home-cooked meal. Am I right, Heath? You sure are, Carl. No, Heath, no baloney. You actually order Blue Apron, is that right? I do. Being out in Secret Lair, Pennsylvania, it can be hard to find fresh ingredients. But with Blue Apron delivering fresh, pre-portioned ingredients right to my door... I actually learn how to cook delicious meals with easy-to-follow, step-by-step instructions. Now, I gotta admit, having something delivered sounds pretty good to the Pegasus in me, and opening boxes sounds pretty good to the unicorn in me, but the pug in me wants to make sure this is good eating. So what's on this month's menu? Glad you asked, Carl. Let's see what we got. It's, uh, we got a West African peanut chicken. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Hmm, uh, we got... Paprika and fennel spiced salmon. Mm, yum, yum. Yep, and uh, cauliflower parmesan paninis with red leaf lettuce and an apple salad. Paninis? I love paninis. Hey, hey, can I get some of those? Uh, I don't know. Can Pug of Pegacorns eat cauliflower? I'm willing to find out. <laughs> I bet you are, Carl. 
And with Blue Apron never repeating a recipe within a year, I'm eating new and delicious dishes like these every single week. It's like you run your own little restaurant. Sure feels like it, Carl. Okay, you sold me. Heath, how do I get on board? Well, you and anybody listening at home can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash godawfulmovies. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash godawfulmovies. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. I'm Carl the Pug of Peckicorn. What was this? I don't know. It's been like six months of ads. <laughs> it's getting harder. Hey, Alan. Alan. Hey, super excited to finally be in the movie. Yeah, man. We've been waiting. Oh, so uh, who am I playing? Oh, this is great. You are going to be playing the devil. Oh, so I get the red suit and the horns and the whole thing with the fire, huh? Uh, sorry, what? You know, the, the devil, the red giant guy, fire, tail, pitchfork. Mm. Oh, um, are you sure the devil isn't a, a green floating head mm-hmm. with corn for horns? Did you maybe? Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I'm very sure. Hmm, okay. Well, we'll figure it out. I'm sure. It'll be yeah, fine. yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Oh, okay. But um, you're not allergic to corn, right? Uh, no. Cool. Cool. No, just wondering. Offhand. What did I Google? <laughs> <laughs> and we're back for the breakdown. And once more, we're going to start one of these movies off. With a this preview has been approved for all audience screen, followed by no previews, because that's how movies start, I guess. <laughs> it's cute now that we know. It's kind of like a toddler, right? Yeah. Like saying ladies and gentlemen before they speak. Right. <laughs> and then, of course, we're straight into those awesome flaming laser credits we love so much. Oh, oh. amazing. They feel like yearbook picture day in Muslim hell. That's what it seems like. <laughs> I always wanted the laser ones. I never like putting on a comfy old sweater. These credits, <laughs> comfy old sweater that's haunted with green devil demons. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So now, as you'll no doubt recall, when we last left off, we had a group of dudes that were off to gang rape evil witch daughter Quinn, and uh, we're going to pick right back up at their rape planning stage. Now, I want to point out because I I don't I've never gang raped before, but I feel like. There isn't a pep talk at the beginning. Well, you know, like they have this little huddle where it's like, all right, guys, rape on three. One, two, three, rape. Yeah, you make me. I'm Noah. I don't need a pep talk before a game. <laughs> You're judgy this week. <laughs> Seriously, though, they need a pregame like strategy meeting for a gang. I wanted to see like. Like X's and O's on yeah, a whiteboard. Right. <laughs> like, all right, you're going to go Madden announce, and you want to fill the A gap and the oh, B gap. <laughs> Watch for the tight end in motion. Like, <laughs> terrible. Instead of a whiteboard, they've got a game of operation that they're drawing on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, again, we did talk about this last time we broke down this scene, but I want to remind everybody that two of the characters have ski masks and the other guy has cut eye holes in a wool cap and is just putting it on like nose first. <laughs> Around the best. 
I really wanted a ski mask argument like Django, where they're like, come on, my, my, my wife cut out the holes in the thing. <laughs> we all agreed we were doing the bags. <laughs> Can we get an additional hole? You know what? It's fine. It's yes. fine. <laughs> so now we head inside where Quinn is just, you know, watching her tablet, humming to herself like you do. Um, and actually, honestly, for the the movies that we watch for Christian movies, this is the best vamping before the scene starts that we may have ever seen. Just it's true. She doesn't do anything with coffee, which, again, in our Christian <laughs> movies, puts her in the point zero zero one percent Yeah. And just real quick, um, remind me from the last fucking three episodes, was there like an end game for these guys? Or is it just like doing a rape? Yeah, no, they're just they're going to rape her because she wouldn't date the one guy. Question, so, what is the end game that usually occurs after said rape? Yeah, what is usually the strategy? What, what did I mean yeah, by that question? What is, yeah, what is rape usually <laughs> used to achieve in your life that you had a query about this particular rape? Seemed like they were going about this all wrong. So, and I, I love this fucking moment. So they come knocking on the door. And she's like, who is it? And I wanted to, I, like, I'm expecting to go, Landshark. Um, but instead, <laughs> the rapist does a lady voice. Oh, it's I need thing. nothing else from this life. I'm ready to go now. This was amazing. Bugs Bunny dressed as a girl <laughs> to rape you. <laughs> no, I mean, not to, not rape, to rape you. Not to rape you, no. <laughs> One would need something to achieve from that. <laughs> A bunch of amateurs. <laughs> oh God, we're getting offensive early in it. Good, Ooh. good. Run off most of the listeners in the first few minutes. That way, they don't hear the really bad shit that's yet to come when we try to interpret what these Nigerians are saying. So, okay, so yeah, the rapist does his lady voice, so she lets him in, and the three of them come in. Now, one guy is carrying a knife that absolutely, like when he bought that, the sales pitch absolutely included the words, "but don't answer yet." <laughs> <laughs> so, again, I feel weird analyzing a, a rape knife, um, but that's a stupid rape knife. That's a like, it's yeah. it's not the right. So I'm just saying, like, it's threat, not the right. Size. Nothing, nothing. I didn't say that. <laughs> I stopped. It's, it's funny. You get little it's, it's insights not, into our lives. It's here not. It's not a reasonable this. rape weapon, is what I'm saying. We all know what I mean by that. <laughs> like, threatening her with a slap chop would have been more effective at this point. Yeah, no, it did look like yeah. a knife that should be cutting a tin can. Hold on, we're going to cut this penny into a corkscrew and then <laughs> open this bottle of wine and then point the cork at you. It's so weird. So yeah, now of course we can't jump right into the rape. You have to monologue a bit. So. He monologues, and, and at this point, I'm wondering, like, what is the point of the fucking mask, right? She knows this guy. Like, the right. vast majority of his, him is visible, and he's not using the lady voice anymore, so clearly she's going to be able, <laughs> be able to identify the dude. And she's like, what do you want? I would give you anything. And he's like, take off your clothes. And she's very casually just like, no. No, <laughs> not going to do it. Yeah, so, so he tries to rape her. And when it becomes clear that that's what he's going for, she gives him this amazing, oh, no, you didn't look. She just mm -hmm. like, just bats her eyes like, oh, you're going to rape me. Mm, I think I'm going to. Really? We'll see. <laughs> really? You're going to rape me. Also, can we point out, he stops mid-rape. He never <laughs> undresses her or does anything violent. He just sort of like heaves himself on top of her and then like, right? But he stops that process mid-rape to give his buddy a fist bump. <laughs> Seems like bad timing. 
I mean, Heath, you're our resident rape expert, as you um, really established on this episode. I, I feel like if you do a fist bump there, you blow it up at least, you know, <laughs> style style points wise. Oh, this is so the bad. fist bump. I want to <laughs> disassociate myself Edit. with this episode. Edit. Um, so, so she turns into it. So, just as he's about to rape her, she turns into a poorly animated charred skeleton, and they yeah. all run screaming away. <laughs> like like little kids they might as well push each other into the bushes while they're screaming away it's great and then of course we have to linger on this scene long enough for her to turn back into a human and giggle about it she's having a good old time i mean because apparently turning into a burned skeleton is her way of like disguise so she's basically the metal gear solid box for yes. her is a burned skeleton <laughs> now who will i rape yeah and apparently some guys aren't into that oh weird <laughs> So all the bad guys run back to the rape planning location. Apparently, they agreed to meet here if it all went wrong. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Now, if this goes wrong, where are we all meeting? All right, well, rape planning what, what, do you, what do you mean go wrong? Like, if she turns into a skeleton? Or... <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, all right, we, were, we run to the metal vats, like where we started. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Those giant uh, kegs that we were Those at are earlier. Safe. So <laughs> It's important when you're planning a rape to have a safe. Anyway, so, um, yeah, and, and the one guy says to the other, he's like, what was it we saw? Was that a skeleton? To which the other guy says, I'm not sure. The graphics were actually pretty crappy. I'm pr I, I think that's what we were going for, though. Baldur's Gate? <laughs> Ghosts and Goblins, maybe? So, yeah, so the guy goes, uh, and, and I love this, too, because the, the one guy goes, man, she's a witch. And the other guy's like, hey. <laughs> like Chinaman is not the preferred nomenclature, man. Come on, Asian American, please. Yeah. At this point, I wrote in my notes. I feel like these rapists are focusing on the wrong thing because they're they're really not ready to call her a witch, but they were really ready to rape her. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not besmirch her good name, though. Yeah. Again, I feel weird critiquing the rapists on their plan, but this was not a great plan. Not a great plan. <laughs> they weren't ready for no. the skeleton thing at all. Question: Raping people with heat. <laughs> All right, so quick question. Are these rapists doing the right thing if she's a Nazi witch? No, they're no? not. There's just no question <laughs> okay. of that at all. It's so easy. So, okay. <laughs> what do you think? Chime in in our user page. <laughs> <laughs> Send me 11 private messages about it if you disagree. Hashtag rape a Nazi witch. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that sounds sort of like cool kids speak like, Nate, rape a Nazi witch. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like that. What I, if I said weach? <laughs> so here's the sad thing is that almost nobody knows what the fuck we're talking about. And the people who do are seriously pissed. <laughs> so, we'll move along. We'll move along. So now we cut to that same dude in bed with that same chick, which is super fucking confusing. Um, but, but my first note on this, and we'll get to why this is going on in just a second, but my first note is, this, is that every bedroom in Nigeria looks as though you're moving tomorrow and the truck's already loaded. <laughs> right? Like every <laughs> single one is just like one mattress in the middle of the room, a cord like snaking way over to plug your phone in. In this one, like nine, I think, Dunder Mifflin paper boxes stacked somewhere, <laughs> which is weird. little crossover between universes. Whatever. Strange. Yeah, so he's laying in bed. She shows up, and then his phone starts screaming at him, so he has to answer it. And while he's doing that, she turns back into a skeleton. Here's the thing. I think, like, if my boyfriend put on a ski mask and tried to rape me, I feel like I'd recognize him 
a moment later. <laughs> well, as it turns out, this was all a dream. So just, you know, the, the, and I guess she's like haunting his dreams with magic now. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. The, the movie makes sense. Now. Yeah, now the movie makes perfect they sense. And apparently, and this was amazing. He wakes up from the bad dream. And this is where we learned that apparently all the rapists sleep in one long Three Stooges style mattress together. <laughs> yep. So weird. <laughs> amazing. And at first I was like, well, that's crazy. But I guess if all three of you are rapists and you all sleep in the same bed, isn't that the safest place to be? Uh, opposite. Who? I, I'm going to say opposite. the rapists? Like who, when you're going to sleep, it's like, okay, don't rape me. Don't rape me. <laughs> <laughs> you're a rapist. You are. You hang up. <laughs> it's like that sleepover in middle school, except instead of like the hot water and you pee yourself, you get raped. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like my sleepover. <laughs> <laughs> you so beat me to that one. I was not welcome to many more sleepovers. <laughs> and I don't and I don't feel bad about uninviting you either. This is so a fun far. episode. <laughs> Wall-to-wall rape jokes, guys, on god-awful movies. Four usable minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a really short episode. All right, so yeah, so he runs off. Daniel Tosh was right. Sorry, go ahead. And then we get some... <laughs> yeah, if anything needs to be cut out, it's those words right there. Yeah, so um, <laughs> so then we get some weird piano music, and, and we cut to a uh, like a college commons area. This, this is where everybody goes to check their grades. Um, and, and my music note here is... What do I press to get back to actually playing the damn game? <laughs> yeah, I wrote music note. You are riding your horse in Zelda. <laughs> right. I thought it kind of sounded like uh, like Stephanie and DJ getting a lesson from Bob Saget at the end. But like on Mario Paint. Like yeah, that, right. Very yeah, video exactly. Exactly. It's sort of a crossover there. And now we've got a bunch of characters we've never met arguing about whether their school has enough hot women to win the beauty pageant that their school is putting on did you get and, all that from the words that were they were saying <laughs> not the nope. first time i got around, that off but... of noah's notes uh, oh, cheating that ibid so, <laughs> but in this scene we have all of these people look like cartoon dinosaurs by the way in case you're wondering they look like like they look like an episode of dinosaurs set in the 80s uh we got hadaway african pippy long stockings little orphanage annie it's very weird everyone's a different time period and hairstyle it's yeah, upsetting. so it's it's two women and a and a man, and the, and the guy looks like a backup dancer for my girl wants to party all the time, and <laughs> this other chick is dressed like fucking Rainbow Bright, uh, but apparently these are the organizers of the beauty pageant that we mentioned for really long periods of time in the last uh, episode. But the key here is that the guy, the, the Eddie Murphy lookalike wannabe guy is not convinced that they have pretty enough girls for the beauty pageant. And just as he's expressing that, Quinn comes by, the evil witch daughter, and he's just blown away. Yes, he goes, what a damsel, I believe damsel. Yes. And um, then turns to the girls next to him in real time and goes, ever since I saw this girl, I have one. And I was like, you mean three sec a second All ago? these seconds, Yes. <laughs> Remember way back in the day, just now? <laughs> and of course, this is also the first time we get to hear the auto-tune vultures of horror music. It makes oh, me so happy. So, yeah, so he, <laughs> he, you know, and of course the girls are like, do you really think you could turn her into a beauty queen? And I'm like, oh my God, vultures of horror has now crossed over with she's all that. 
Wow. Again, I need nothing else from this life. Ten things I rape about you. <laughs> Dude. Oh, too far? Too far? <laughs> Way too far. Too far, too far rape by Nine the things too far. Third of the episode. Jesus. And now we cut to uh, to her, to Quinn, uh, and she's all like splatched with dabs of white paint. And I am way more turned on this by this than I would have expected. Mm-hmm. Love me some Quinn. But she has to remind us in this scene. So she is now communing with the devil slash mirror mirror on the wall slash Jolly Green Giants faithful sidekick Sprout. This is the great Chakra Kiki. <laughs> no. That can't yes. be. Yeah, I believe oh. that, I believe that's Shocker Kiki. Okay, the that demon is Shocker God of Vultures. Kiki himself. I mean, he had the the corn cobs on his head. <laughs> Did you not notice? <laughs> Who else those? would have corn cobs? That, that's obviously Shocker Kiki. Said, okay, so we have to. I, I have to like really dig, like drill in for because most of our audience, of course, doesn't watch these movies. Those lucky bastards. This guy is supposed to be like a devil character and literally has two halves of a corn cob sticking out of his head. And he's painted green. And he's painted there green. There is no chance it's anything but halves of corn cobs it's that they use. Unless it's maybe those little, you know, the corn cob holders that look like corn cobs. I guess it could have been that stabbed into his brain. But yeah, <laughs> it's one of those two things. And she's telling the great Chakra Kiki slash Sprout that, you know, it's not just these three guys trying to rape her. Remember the kid who couldn't find a Cornell West costume that fit him but wore one anyway from the from the last one? He's also trying to rape her. So she's asking for Chakra Kiki to help, you know, vulture the fuck out all of these guys. Yeah. And he like and he turns into two vultures, so we can assume he agrees. But it's at this point we should probably reflect like they're the bad guys in the movie. Right? I, I, the I witch guess. family. Yeah, I feel like mm. if you want your witches to be the bad guy, just scream note, quick script note. If you want your witches to be the bad guy in a movie, shouldn't they not be avenging their rapist or attempted rapist? <laughs> right? Why couldn't he just be giving her bad grades because he's a grumpy old professor, right? And then when she sticks the vultures on him, you're like, oh no, grumpy old professor. But rapist old professor is hard to sympathize with. <laughs> I guess it's one I'm... <laughs> At least for two of the three of us, absolutely, yeah. Um... Which two? <laughs> Which two are you talking about? I feel like that was aimed at me. <laughs> so... So now we cut to uh, to the Cornell West character sitting in his office. Now, I should point out, okay, so at the end of each of these movies, they have a little like, you know, coming soon on Vultures of Horror thing. So we have seen teases of this scene so many times. I was so excited when it became clear that this was that scene. Oh, now, yeah. Okay. So first, I've got to set this up for you. He's doing work. Well, uh, well yeah, exactly. Uh. He is writing with his right hand and one finger punch typing in the middle of his keyboard with the other. Like whatever he's doing, it requires that he furiously hits B's, G's, V's, and H's very quickly. But then enter after. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like T T T G G G H H J enter. T T T Y H J J enter. And he's writing it down with this other. I'm pretty sure he was playing Tetris, guys. Oh, okay. I thought he was taking Eli notes, but well, it was one okay. or the other. Was he taking notes on his Tetris with his other hand, <laughs> writing his moves down? Yeah. How do you get better? <laughs> it's like playing chess. Think of it like planning a rape. <laughs> so I have to point out that, because again, we, we have to like remember from time to time that this is Nigeria. They have an excuse 
for their movies being so horrible. So this guy's sitting in a leather chair that has clearly been clawed at by a panther. You know, <laughs> this, this would look out of place anywhere in America except a trash dump or something. But that's what they've got there. So that's what they have to work with. Well, and the room is like split in half. He can only be on one side of the room because the other side of the room is cartoon world. Oh, There's my like God. Cartoon tile floor. And then there's the two cartoon office chairs and a cartoon leather lobby chair that's all. And, OK. And so to give you an idea how bad these graphics are, basically, you could have achieved the same effect if you had filmed them without the chairs and then taped chairs to a TV screen, filmed that <laughs> while the scene was playing. That's basically what we're looking at. If they had walked into our homes individually and been like, I hear you are watching Bolchos, give me one second. And just held up like two chairs on sticks and been like, do 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 Looking forward to Detroit. Before we get to the witchery, he hears a knock at the door and he's like, who is it? And then there's another knock at the door and crazy billionaire money, I remake this movie where the vultures come in and just give him a stern talking to about consent. He's like, you're a teacher. How dare you? Disgusting. Yeah, but no one comes. He keeps saying, come in, and nobody comes. And then his glasses float off of his face. And of course, the glasses float off and, and a solid 10 seconds goes by before he reacts to them. Mm-hmm. And then the vultures start fucking with him, using the glasses as I would a laser to my cats. <laughs> yeah. And the music here was pretty fun. Uh, I wrote... It's a, a rattlesnake landing a spaceship, was what I was saying. <laughs> Much like Eli during Room Noise. I don't know yeah, how he does it. <laughs> exactly. So he chases his glasses around, and he's going like, this is weird. My glasses shouldn't be floating around in the room, but he's still just snatching at them. Eventually, they snap back into his face, and that's when we start getting the floating chairs that one at a time <laughs> raise up in the air, spin around, and then come back down. It's pretty sweet, guys. <laughs> Seriously, if guys in black unitards did this with like cardboard chair cutouts, it would have been better. It would have been better. Yeah, it would have been more realistic. Absolutely. So, yeah, but this is enough to really freak him out. So he runs from the building and now there is a vulture chasing behind him. Okay. So, first of all, and we're going to see a lot of the vultures in this one. And I want to point out that when the camera zooms in or zooms out, the vultures remain the same size relative to the to the screen. So mm-hmm. they grow and shrink as the camera zooms in. And yeah, also, I don't think Spider-Man Movie Maker lets you adjust the zoom. Clearly not. <laughs> and also, he's shooing at the vultures, but not like when they're near him. So, yeah, yeah great job with that. So and then he's he, he as he's running out, one of the laser or one of the vultures comes through and shoots him with an Ice laser? Mm, yeah, I, ice laser, obviously. Yeah. Okay. And then he starts stripping and runs away doing monkey arms. We're supposed to believe... Uh, so the laser has turned him crazy, and he's just taking his clothes off because that's how they're going to show crazy in this movie. But I thought he was getting undressed to fight the vulture. So he takes <laughs> off his shirt, and he's very much doing the, like, let's get our shirts Wait, off and fight thing. Why, why but did then you he start that? Why would you? Why would He's you? doing like a come on. You never fun. And you're like, oh yeah, let's do that. Come on, this is a very classic thing. Come on, let's take, take the- off our clothes, grease up, and fight. <laughs> but then he took off his pants, and I was like, that is a weird way to fight. I thought he just wanted to like shirts and skins with the vultures until he took off his pants. 
And then I was like, all right, that's a weird way to fight a vulture. Also, it takes him like <laughs> 11 minutes to get his belt off, too. Like, it's, it's like clearly he's just like, fuck, they won't come around the goddamn but No second shots in Vulture's a horse, folks. So, <laughs> no yeah. second takes. So he strips to his underwear and then runs off holding his arms above his head. And of course, Quinn and uh, and her roommate are standing there watching all this. The roommate's pretty freaked out, but Quinn knows exactly what's going on. She says, oh, maybe one of the students he molested cursed him. And she's like, is it you? She's like, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no it, was, it was me. It was me. And then we cut to the to the vultures also chasing the rapists. Yeah. And laser blasting one of them to death. And again, regardless of the level of zoom, the vultures remain the same size. So at one point here, as we're chasing along, we get, you know, vulture cam or whatever. We are seeing a tiny little hummingbird sized vulture <laughs> flying after this guy, approximately the size of his foot. You tell me vulture cam wasn't cool. You know, that was a cameraman on a motorcycle. There's no <laughs> question that they were like, okay, you must hold very still because I'm going to drive this motorcycle right up to your face. <laughs> I was thinking bicycle, but yeah, one or the other. So yeah, so the vultures are chasing around all of her tormentors. And then we cut to Kwame. And now Kwame, as you'll recall, is the, is the father of the evil witch family. Um, and he's also doing the white blotchy paint thing, albeit in a far less sexy way. And a well, well <laughs> disagree, disagree. No, it's, everybody's everybody's uh, open. A to third of us thinks that. that. So, <laughs> so apparently it is time to put an end to all his enemies. And you know that because he says, this is the time to put an end to all of my enemies. Right. And, <laughs> I, like, why would you schedule that ahead? Like, why wouldn't you just, like, when you wrote it on the calendar, like, how's Tuesday for ridding the world of those who oppose us? Oh, I've got a thing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. This plan didn't need multiple phases before the putting an end to all your enemies. So just to review, those phases were, first, better sales at a flea market, then giving a lady gluey foot disease and now <laughs> defeating all enemy spell. Yeah, exactly. That's the So like four steps less than when Heath rapes somebody. That's <laughs> what we're saying. It's kind of long-term. <laughs> Andrew like said rest. I can be quiet right now. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew says you had to be quiet right now. Yeah. But here's my question. Because Kwame is summoning the vultures. Do you think the vultures had like a complaining moment when they got home where they're like, fuck, Kwame wants us to, where, where have they been? It's been four weeks. Fuck, man. Four we weeks they were sitting around bitching at me, and now they all want us. This is what it is. Ka, I'm a vulture. <laughs> <laughs> Three goddamn episodes. They've barely used us, and now all of a sudden. Yeah, so he pulls out a little voodoo doll. Now, I'm not entirely clear on who he's cursing with this voodoo doll, I, it, but if I'm following it correctly, it's all the hardworking people, all the successful people, and the greedy people that exploit ni Nigerians. Circle the one that's Which not like the others. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And we get, and this was so, this was one of the few scenes where I had to go get Lucinda, where I'm like, oh, baby, you gotta see this shit. Cause this is where he gives the, the, the curse. Oh, the <laughs> curse with the close up of his mouth? Yes. Oh, so sexual. He goes, <laughs> You have a wife who is pregnant. I will make her pregnant for two years. <laughs> What? what a bizarre <laughs> fucking curse. I mean, yes, that sucks, but it's still weird. <laughs> but he totally buries the lead on this because then he goes, and then just when she's about to deliver, she's going to deliver a goat. And I got to say, that's a pretty sweet ass curse. Because <laughs> right? 
You got someone pregnant for double the amount of time, and they're like, finally, the baby's here, and it's a goat? But that's an awkward day. <laughs> right? You finally get to open all the baby shower gifts, which you got a year and a half ago, and you've got all the blue Kids booties. eating and all of them. Yeah, exactly. It's been painted three or four times, and then you just have a goat, and your husband's side-eyeing all the goats along the road on the way home. <laughs> I feel it's like you would have noticed, like they'd, they'd have picked up the hooves in the seventh trimester ultrasound, but I, it's Nigeria, so who knows? Also, I feel like the goat thing's a little too obvious, right? I mean, like, go subtle. Like, uh, give her a white kid to fuck yeah, with the husband. Yeah, there you go. Ooh, worse. <laughs> Definitely. Of the white people I know, most of them are worse than goats. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and then, and Fair. then he tacks on to the end of all of this curse. He's like, and then you'll go to sleep. And get up no more. And I'm like, yeah, that seems like the worst part. The when you, when so you, again, yeah, do the just go straight to your biggest spell. Just go straight <laughs> to the big spell at the end. He's yeah. building up. Well, it's like it's like the bad guys in movies that start off with the guns, and when that doesn't work, they're like, mm, time to use the rocket launcher. It's like the rocket launcher always works, guys. What the fuck? Yeah, it's like how the Power Rangers always used to try as a separate thing, and then they'd be like, no, that didn't work, because it never works, Brian. It never works. Let's just immediately, tell you what, let's get together at 2 o'clock every day, form up as the giant thing, and then just look around. <laughs> so, now he's, he's done with that voodoo doll. He's done cursing all the successful people, and then he pulls out another voodoo doll to curse Lucky, who, again, as you'll recall from the earlier ones, that's the newly appointed community chief. He wanted to be community chief, but the damn elders chose Mr. Lucky instead. So now he has to curse him. And after this hyper-specific goat pregnancy, sleep death thing that he had, he, he, he says to, about Lucky, he's like, and for you, Mr. Lucky, you have no idea what's going to happen to you. That's... It's not good. That's all of oh no, none of us do though. Really, I mean, that's anyway. Yeah, things will not be sure. Poof. Spell. <laughs> and then he wraps the dolls up with ribbons and adds a twist of lime. Apparently, that's an important part of the spell. I wanted some drunk white girl to stumble over. I'm sorry. Can you put? Can you mull some mint in those voodoo <laughs> dolls with us? I'm sorry. Sugar the my rim friend. of that voodoo doll? No. <laughs> it's my not. birthday. Uh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> so you can tell which one of us used to be a bartender. I used to be a bartender. So <laughs> I hate that girl. <laughs> he just hates her. He said hates. Hates. It just rhymes <laughs> oh, with other things. I'd like to of. distance no, myself from a lot of the things that have been said today. I just want to be very <laughs> clear. I don't I find any of that to be funny. Not funny. <laughs> not funny. So now we cut to Mr. Lucky meeting with the village elders on the um, on the play school chairs that they meet on. Again, it's Nigeria. They need places to say, I get it. I get it. I'm not making fun of them for being poor. Uh, okay, I am. Just, Are you? Just, but, I, but, I, but I'm taking it back <laughs> okay. right afterwards. So I think, I think that makes it okay. Um, oh, look at rape plan. Getting all judgy. <laughs> <laughs> so. That is not my new nickname. That's official. <laughs> And edit. So I love that he was talking to me, but you came to the defense there. You're just kind of digging a hole for yourself. Shouldn't have made fun of Morgan so, right before this episode. <laughs> Shit. You'll get no help now. Um, so yeah, now the actor who plays Mr. Lucky, uh, and I think we picked this up uh, the last time we met him, but this actor clearly demands a progressively sillier hat 
in each scene that he appears in? <laughs> it was in his rider like the green M&Ms. There is no question. <laughs> yeah, so this time he's he comes out wearing something like that they'd make you wear if you worked at movies. He's got a giant goat. How would you even describe this thing? The cow hat that he's wearing. And he forgets his very first line, too. So he, <laughs> he totally does. He, he walks in and he goes, I love to show you my respect. <laughs> and I wrote, the Eli Bosnick story. I get it. <laughs> she turns around and looks disappointed. You get dressed real quick and talk about how much you respect her. Sure. <laughs> and there are so many times in this movie, by the way, where actors were clearly fuck up their lines. So then we just are suddenly at a close up halfway through the line. <laughs> yeah, so they're discussing all the logistics of installing him as community chief. Uh, and, and it's, it, by the way, that's exactly as interesting as I just made it sound. Uh, but apparently this will be a big event. And also clearly after they explain that, Lucky forgot that it was his line next. So we get this amazing moment where everyone's just kind of vamping and kind of hinting around, sort of elbowing him and shit. And then we cut to a close up where he delivers his line. It's really fantastic. Then the laser vulture comes along and lasers him. Yeah, and this time he chokes and spits up Alka-Seltzer. Right, but that's supposed to be him going crazy because <laughs> later on everyone will talk about how he went crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It, again, they had no ideas, no other ideas for the fucking vultures. So then we cut back to the, we get a little vulture chasing rapist arguably rapist bit um, and then we cut back the vulture chases someone yeah yeah exactly and then hits him with a laser which makes that person take all of his clothes off including very clearly his underwear until someone stops it no no he goes and you can you can practically hear someone off camera go no no <laughs> And I wrote in my notes here, oh, man, I hope nobody hands this dude some cocoa butter. <laughs> oh, no, movie, don't. These people don't commit is what I'm saying, all right? So that, then we go back to the elders who are trying to figure out what to do now that the chief got vulture lasered into insanity. You know, it's the kind of problem you have in Nigeria from time to time. This is what you get to find out about if you participate in local government, people. Get on it. <laughs> <laughs> and one of these elders is the bodega lady's husband who, who points out that, you know, not only did the chief go mad, but his wife also has a foot thing. And what are the odds that one person would have mental illness and another person a foot ailment? Must be Satan magic. Must be Satan. Also, we should point out this character is characterized by the silly props he will carry throughout this movie. Yes. In this scene, he's carrying a feather duster. Yes, which will he will <laughs> knight someone with later. Yeah. And they basically spend the next six minutes of this scene agreeing with each other that the only reason there could be a lack of progress in Nigeria <laughs> is Satan. Yes. <laughs> well, and, okay, so and then another one of these elders is the guy whose wife woke up at the end of the first episode and beginning of the second episode. So he's like, you know, now that I think about it, way back in episode one, my wife had a bad dream where she said bad things would happen and bad things did happen. So the other guy goes, hmm, you know, I don't always agree with your wife, but I have to admit her dreams are certainly coming true. <laughs> 
So yeah, so and, and this is this is the truly terrifying part of this movie, right? Like we we make a lot of jokes about virtually everything in this movie, but the terrifying bit is that the underlying concept is that without a satanic influence, there's no way that there could be canker sores and economic stagnation. <laughs> so yeah, it's terrifying again. And of course, this, we also the wife is in the scene here, so we get another close up of her partially peeled glue foot syndrome. <laughs> Yes, oh, the old glue foot. Oh, <laughs> looks like your hand if you fall asleep before you clean up. <laughs> um, and, and then, of course, they also have to mention that, like, they've heard of women carrying pregnancies for over a year, like goat pregnancies, that is. And then a Ford Taurus pulls up, so you know that motherfucker's loaded. <laughs> and this is glue foot lady's son. Yes, who we've never met before, yeah. Who we have never met who will wear a fantastic selection of shirts throughout the rest of the movie that will Absolutely. always make me glad to see him. Yeah. This one looks uh, like a Vegas figure skater. Okay. A little bit. Yeah. I, I had fat woman's blouse. Yeah. <laughs> like a shirt dress. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. That's about right. That's about right. So, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so, like, as he comes up, he has to bow to one of the elders so he can knight him with his feather duster. And then he walks up. He sees that his mother has a foot thing. And he goes... Who did this to your mother? And she says, my enemies. Wow. <laughs> That's terrifying. And to punctuate this, by the way, a, a very clear, very loud goat in the background goes, <laughs> <laughs> right after she says my enemies. And you know they were like, can we shut up the goat? <laughs> little professionalism here. All right, guys. I was actually expecting her to go, oh, I haven't introduced you to your little brother yet. <laughs> So and and then we cut to that night, which is completely fucking pointless because this is just a continuation of that scene. Because now that same family is sitting around having dinner. Well, but the son gets to have a new outfit. Well, that's for true. Tonight. That's true. Now yes. he looks like a DJ at Club Med or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Now he has a jacket made of fall leaves. <laughs> <laughs> and the mom is starts the scene off regretting giving up the charm that she used to fight off the skeleton army in episode one. And I, I feel like, you know, anything that turns back an army of skeletons, that's a keeper. I'm holding on to that thing. But she, she gave it back and she's really regretting it now. I, I also love to. OK, so the son here is is like he's he, it's it's like me hanging out with Aunt Kathy because they're going like, yes, it was definitely the witches and the evil enemies. And the son's like, yeah, you know, I, I don't believe in that stuff, but um you know, let's it, it, whoever it is, let's leave it to God to punish him, huh? Huh? So let's uh -huh. let's not burn the albinos, huh? Yeah. What do we think? Can we get a <laughs> can we get a promise not to burn albinos until we come back tomorrow? <laughs> and then it's still open for discussion. It's always still open. Also, during this conversation, just again, the background is giving us gold. There's very clearly a giant, sick, weird-looking cat yes. crawling along the back wall. <laughs> oh, yes. They're talking about how Nigeria just kind of sucks. And then like a literal dingo walks by in the background. <laughs> it might as well steal a baby and like fail an AIDS test. It's so bleak. Well, and that's the conversation is like everything all over the country sucks. Therefore, there must be magic Satanism. I'm like, when has everything in Nigeria not sucked? What was the golden age of Nigeria, people? This is the best it's ever been. It's going to be the most populous country in like few decades right yeah that's it's the projection yeah it's pretty terrifying awesome 
So, so now it's the next morning. Don't worry. It'll be the previous night later, but it's the next morning now. And, and we have a car pulling up. Uh, everyone rushes to greet it. All, all four of the townsfolks. Um, and this is mini LeBron, the, the, the main character from the, from the first three movies that always gives people money and stuff. And who everyone just compliments in every scene <laughs> of every movie he's ever been in. <laughs> <It's> amazing. <laughs> but they run at his car like goddamn zombies. Yeah, like they're trying to fucking wash his windows for money or something. But luckily, he has brought some bread for them. Now, this is the moment he, he he's like, oh, so good to see you. I've brought you some bread. And he reaches into the back seat to get the bread. And he clearly hits the microphone Doom. as he reaches back for the bread. <laughs> he like breaks and sparks. Yeah, doesn't, doesn't work out well. You, you might as well see the sound guy in the back glaring at him and fixing it throughout the rest of the scene. <laughs> right. Oh, be a little more careful next time you reach for bread, Mr. Daniel Day-Lewis. So, <laughs> more like Daniel Day blew it. And now it's it's um, it's night again, the next night. I don't know. The, the real difficulty in, in these movies, and this has always been the problem in these movies, is that we, we do these little cues in our notes. Like the first person that watches the movie, I'll cue in on this particular line. Okay, this is the line where I'm starting the next scene so everybody else can keep up with them. And which means that we have to like write down what they just said. So for this one, I wrote, you know, I had to make sure my brother wasn't Fellini. And I'm pretty sure <laughs> that's yep. what she said. I have no <laughs> fucking clue. The rest of my notes for the rest of the movie are, what did Noah say happened? Sure. <laughs> I'll make yep. some jokes about that. <laughs> But my cue was two women talking to each other. I can't understand them. Even if I could, they keep switching to the faraway mic that's on a kite. Hopefully Noah will have notes. Yeah, so it's uh, it's Rose, who uh, is the, the chick that the bad brother, the satanic younger brother had to pay to fuck in the first three movies. It's her and a friend of hers, and they're talking about how excited they are that Minnie LeBron, whose name is Cujo, I think. I don't know. A anyway, so they're talking about how excited they are that he's in town because he's such a philanthropist and one of them or, or, and, the, and he will almost certainly give them money because that's what he does. I just wrote lighting is for pussies in this scene. <laughs> and they also point out again that uh, that all of the bad things in Nigeria are because of the witches. Yes. Yeah, I, I wrote two consecutive notes. Economic downturns are caused by witches, this movie, and then Economic downturns are guaranteed if you think they're caused by witches. Me. <laughs> and then we cut to two different women also talking about the same thing. Hey, that's my note, too. <laughs> yeah, still no idea what they're saying, but same thing as what I had in my earlier. Yep. I, I, there was one woman that I could more or less understand. The woman in purple in this one, I couldn't even tell where one syllable stopped and another one started. Oh, we're talking about Bonnie from Five Nights at Freddy's? <laughs> <laughs> this woman is wearing purple, very dark, and in a background that makes her look and lit extra purpley. Yes. Bonnie at Five Nights at Freddy's just got a speaking part in this movie for some reason. <laughs> so, and they're also there to see Minnie LeBron, uh, uh, Cujo, uh, about giving them some money. And he comes out in the most kick-ass pajamas I have ever seen in my life. If anybody's wondering oh, yeah. what to get me for my birthday. Pretty fly pajamas. Coming yeah. in oh, March. Yeah. We need to eventually do a live show where we do like the final vultures of horror and we wear these <laughs> pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> 
everyone wears those pajamas. I feel like that's racist already. Just, just I, I don't know why necessarily. I have even I know suggested why. blacking I know up yet, but I <laughs> am into it. <laughs> this is why I wasn't like, allowed face paint during the wrestling. <laughs> One new low after another this week. All right. So, yeah, but so he comes out to tell these women that he'll definitely give them all their money that they want. How did you get all? Do you speak Nigerian? <laughs> How do you know all these things? Well, he's but, read my notes, which means he now understands Nigerian. <laughs> <laughs> these people speak as Eli writes. <laughs> So, yeah, so he has to step up on his pedestal for a little while and tell him how awesome he is. And then they have to tell him how awesome he is. And then he gives them some money. That's kind of the way he interacts with humans. And now we're back to the other two women that were talking in the scene before. But luckily, this time they're in a more or less lit room. Mm -hmm. And we have to start with several minutes of them talking about how nice the lobby for this hotel is. Very nice, because it's got a sectional sofa and a love seat. Mm. Yeah, and another sofa. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It looks like the office of a psychologist who was disbarred. <laughs> <laughs> and you know why. You know why. <laughs> he made a plan with Heath. You get what I'm saying? So a Heath plan, as I will call it for the rest of my life. <laughs> and the rest of yours, people listening. <laughs> so now I've got to identify and I'm I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> So proud that I know who these two characters are. So one of I these, thought they were two different women a third time. No, anyway. no. One of them is Rose, and the other one is Gluefoot Mom's daughter. Dee Dee, right? Yes, yes. yes uh huh. And she's explaining to Cujo, to, to Minnie LeBron, about what happens, what happened to her mom's foot. And this guy has such amazing lines. He actually says in this scene, and I quote, it's so sad to hear that your mom's legs are getting rotten every day. <laughs> yeah, I right. fucking love this. Sorry about your gangrenous mom. Here's 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> what? And he even gives her the money. He's like, this is for your um, upkeep. I'm not saying get a haircut, but I'm not, not saying that too. You know, upkeep like a house or an old bridge. Or like a saw for your mom's <laughs> foot. Because <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> so... And <laughs> One other line for the seed, right near the end, tell me if I got this right. He gives them the money again, right? And he says, from where this came, may God replace a thousand foods. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's what? the girl she said. I think she means from whence this came, may God replace a thousand fold. Like you gave me a dollar. Oh, gosh, you you get got a it. thousand. Oh, that, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Well I'm Nigerian. I don't know if you guys yeah. know. No, I, I, I just from your type what they say, yeah. and then I understand it. <laughs> so there actually there were several times where I'm trying to figure it out, and as I look back over, it, I'm like, oh, charm, charm is what she was saying. <laughs> so okay, so now and just to make sure that there's no fucking way you can follow what's going on in this movie, now it's the next day, and we cut to these same two women leaving a different building wearing different clothes. Just to confuse me and make me feel ra racist. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but talking about the exact same subject. Yes, right, right, exactly. Which means that their last conversation must have been like, okay, wait, we will remember exactly where we are and we will continue immediately <laughs> from here tomorrow when we leave, not when we get into, when we leave that door place over there. Yeah. And so, okay, so, and and try to keep up here. What they're discussing now, after they talk about how awesome uh, Minnie LeBron is for a little while, is Rose 
is uh, apparently the romantic interest of the other girl's brother. That's the guy who is alternately dressed in ever more bizarre shirts throughout the movie. Now, it's important that you also recall Rose is the girl that the Chakra Kiki younger brother, the, the witch brother, you know, sold Superman. his iPad for. He's Superman, yeah, that Superman sold his iPad for. So this is going to be very important. But Dee Dee is trying to convince Rose that she should date her brother. Right. Okay, we're all on the same page. And then he shows up and... He basically reenacts a live action version of the creepy messages people send my wife on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> you are a flower. I want to wake up next to you and sleep at night. Marry me. <laughs> what? Checking account number. What is <laughs> happening on Facebook? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, you you don't know girls who get those messages? Female listeners, give give Heath a tweet. Send him yeah, some messages. Yeah, right. Send him a screenshot of the creepiest message you've got from a Nigerian guy that wants to fuck you. Or Heath you, as they might say. <laughs> oh, God. What the fuck? <laughs> so uh, and so she many goes, jokes today. She goes, so <laughs> you don't have a girlfriend in the city? And he goes, with a shirt like this, are you fucking kidding me? No. <laughs> Look like a dealer for gay blackjack, whatever that would mean. <laughs> No, I don't. And on his shirt this time, it looks like it's every type of fabric at once. Like that shirt at the tailors where they're showing off all the swatches they have yeah. into one shirt. He's wearing that shirt. Exactly. He stole that. Yeah. <laughs> Just walks out whistling. <laughs> no, I came in wearing this. And also, I got to point out this line because this is so weird to me. And I'm wondering if there's maybe a Nigerian mating ritual I'm not aware of. He says, I want you to be my last lady standing. Like they're gonna do a like a, a Hunger Games thing for his dick. I don't. I mean, I'd watch it. I mean, that sounds awesome. But hungry for the D, yeah, games. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you going back for that. I volunteer for a tribute. second. I was just pretending to understand what you were talking about. I volunteer Eli's tribute. So then we cut to some diner where the Smurf version of Dave Chappelle is bragging about how much money his friend made. <laughs> his friend, by the way, being the 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 uh, Achu is the guy's name, but the glue mom's son, you know, the one that that uh, that wants to fuck Rose. But Dave Chappelle mini me literally looks like a preemie that no one will acknowledge. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like the epilogue to the goat baby, and everyone just decided <laughs> to just not address it and be cool. So and then, of course, as they're talking, as they're talking about how much money this guy has, that's the topic of conversation. Uh, Kwame's older son, Super, Superman's older brother, walks by and overhears this and he realizes that Rose is stepping out on his brother. Mm. <laughs> right. So he proceeds to do like an angry interview like he's on the real world. He just starts yes. talking to the camera. <laughs> like, this guy's stealing. I really don't like this guy. He's moving in on my brother. And we're living in the same house. It's really awkward. <laughs> Cameraman. What? Yes, he has to tell the air in front of him that he does not approve. Heath and I were on a season of The Real World together. <laughs> we don't like to talk about it. <laughs> you don't like to talk about it. <laughs> he also swears that he's going to clip those feathers of his. Ah, I wrote down he's going to clap his feathers. So that no, makes sense. That's, yeah, clip his feathers. They have a lot of chicken-based insults in Nigeria. Street chickens and whatnot. 
Um, so then we go back to the, you know, the, the porch of evil with the Shakira Kiki poster on it so that he can break the news to his brother that, that his girlfriend is stepping out on him. And, and he actually says this line, he was feeding her fresh fish, man. Don't you understand? <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure that's what he said? I am all, I am not at all sure. <laughs> but I am pretty sure the words fresh fish were in there. There were definitely fresh fish in there. I don't know what he was describing at the time. And also, by the way, Superman is wearing like a, a blue and white striped shirt with a popped collar that kind of looks like the cone that they put on dogs with stitches. That's all I could think of the whole time. There were so many of those. those. <laughs> You're right. No. Steve. No. By the way, this character's name is Steve, and that is unforgivable. We have Kwame, Achu, Didi, and Steve. Fuck you, yeah. movie. <laughs> Fuck you. So, yeah, but he needs... Steve is the older brother. Superman is the younger brother. I know he has a, a name, but we've been calling him Superman so long, I can't break the habit. Um, but Superman needs Steve's help to teach that bastard Achu a lesson. And, which, and then, of course, Steve leaves, but he's keeps talking because he has to direct address the camera and tell Achu that he'll be taking to the hills next time he fucks his girlfriend. Oh, he steps it up from real world. This time he's like pro wrestler the week before SummerSlam, yeah. like yelling at the cameraman. Right. Fantastic. So with that ominous foreshadowing, I guess we can pause for a quick break. But before we do, let me give Act 3 the hard sell here. Will Achu also get lasered to death by an insanity vulture? Will the elders blame satanic magic for their inability to get past level 610 on Candy Crush? Who's going to squeeze a goat out of their vag? Find out the answers to these questions and more Somebody. when we return for the bewildering conclusion of Wicked Vultures 2. <sighs> Honey, the baby's on its way. All right, finally. It's been two years. All right, guys, I'm the doctor. Are, are, are we feeling good? We're ready to give birth to this baby. I, I bet two years is a really long time. Uh, Steve the goat, uh, you got the camera? Okay. Now push. Push. There we go. And you've got a beautiful baby goat. Steve, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Give me a second take. <laughs> And we're back for more hot vulture on vulture action. And this time we're going to rejoin the elders who have upgraded from their mini plastic kindergarten chairs to the most comically squeaky chairs you can possibly imagine. Seriously, it is it is like a sketch. Every time yes. these actors move, it's like, oh. and we must always go through the, yeah, exactly. they're literally getting interrupted. In their lines by the chair, like <laughs> like Lucille Bluth turning on the blender in the middle. <laughs> so good, like like they put pickup mics on antique wooden chairs and did a scene. Clearly, yeah, because they hate my ears. And they're all discussing the great alcohol that Cujo brought him, that uh, that Mini LeBron brought him, which is clearly a bottle of Coke with a green label, right? I thought they were drinking pints of Jaeger. I didn't, I didn't look at yeah, the I thought it was I thought it was Jaegermeister as well, and I was very upset that they were drinking it in like beer glasses in, in pint amounts. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so they they all talk about how awesome Cujo is before he shows up in the scene, and then he shows up in the scene, and everybody talks at the same time about how awesome he is from a cup for a couple of minutes in brand new pajamas. 
It, well, mm-hmm. it, it dressed like a lawn flamingo. Um, another question on the uh, props they these characters all get. Um, so the elders here, they either get a cane, an an ass paddle for hazing, like they're in Days <laughs> to Confused, or a feather duster. Is that a ranking system? Do you think? Well, I, I got it. I, I Which really is the have highest? questions about because the one guy seemed like he had like a kabuki mask on a stick kind of a thing, but big like for a cow. Oh, I thought that was an ass paddle. I okay, thought it was well, it a rock be. paper scissors situation. Like <laughs> ass paddle beats feather, but feather beats fan. Cane beats feather. It's, Cane it's beats like a feather? six. Okay, sp- you can throw a Spock once a game as you're playing at a five. So <laughs> somebody make us that game. <laughs> way ahead of you so yeah and this is where he starts throwing out the line you people every three seconds or so a lot yeah Yeah. a lot so but what he's he's telling them like what a great job they've been doing looking after the village but it's weird because he's saying like yeah the village everything seems to be going to shit you guys are doing such a great job and all (laughs) he goes I just want you to know that even though all we have talked about for the last third of this movie is how terrible everything in this village and this country are, you guys are doing super great. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, they also talk about how Lucky, who was supposed to be the new village elder, is now a madman, mm-hmm. and how that doesn't make any sense because madness doesn't run in his lineage. That's what they say. Yep. Yep, That's the, those are the two possibilities. You had crazy parents or Satan magic. And Cujo is quite distressed by all the Satan magic. They also ask him to take Lucky to a crazy hospital so that he can be cured of his vulture insanity. Yep. To a rehab. Uh, is that what they say? A, a rehab house for people turned crazy by laser vultures? They have they those have in those Nigeria. In Nigeria. <laughs> okay. I, I, I wouldn't doubt that for a second. I am more confident that they have that than they have grocery stores in this country. <laughs> what happened to the lady in the grocery store? Right? From those other... They don't tie that up at all. No, it's She's really... She had a lot of foot. juices selling. <laughs> Isn't she Gluefoot? No, no, that's no, the she lady had, in she the, the flea market. Yeah, that's yeah, the, the lady in the grocery store is um, Minnie LeBron's wife. That's right. We haven't yeah. touched base with her in a while. Yeah, no, we see Nothing her at the very her. end of the movie, but that's it. Yeah, I was mm. curious about her the whole time. And by the way, as they're sitting here talking in this scene, I literally wrote this. I think I don't think I've ever done this for an individual scene before, but I wrote, holy shit, there are three more minutes in just this scene. <laughs> Yeah, they are rough. And by the way, here, let me spoil those three minutes for you. Uh, There are widows without children who don't have any food. There are young people who want to go to school. And there are something, something, something. People living at the boundary with no electricity. Yeah, people living at the boundary with no electricity. So I have created a plan for widows without food, children who want to go to school, and electricity. Hey, guy on the left, you will be in charge of widows without food. Hey, guy on the right, you will be in charge of kids who want to go to school. You will be in charge for the electricity. Everybody, break. Yeah. Well, <laughs> except it's like, listen up, you people. I want you people, you people, to run my charities, you people. Okay, you people, you people. Now, okay, people. yeah. Now, at the very end, he basically is saying, and this is kind of an awkward thing to have to say to people, is like, I'm pretty sure you guys aren't going to just steal this money. But, <laughs> but so that you guys get an idea, like, I actually transcribed this. This is the actual sentence that he uses to say this, okay? I shit you not, these are the fucking words that come out of his mouth in this order. I have no doubt that you people are going to use the funds that will be given to you people that would be used for the reason they have been given to you people. 
that's the actual fucking uh, line. He's clearly winning a bet. He's playing the meow game with somebody on the set. There's no question that that's what's happening here. Oh, yeah. And then everybody blesses him some more because he cannot leave the scene without everybody talking about how awesome he is. Quick reminder, that now makes 100% of the Vultures movies in which characters have had serious discussion about like, and look, I know this money I give you for government programs, you're not going to just keep it. <laughs> 100% of these yep. four movies. Exactly. It's a scary, scary place. So now we got back to the porch of evil. And I guess Cujo, uh, Minnie LeBron, has has gone to the house to see Kwame and his wife. They weren't there, so he talks to the brothers, uh, Superman and Steve, about how they should come into the city and, and work for him and stop being evil vulture worshippers. And he also explains, like, I can't believe you won't let me help you. I help people every day. You are my immediate constituency. That's what he said. <laughs> like I wrote his lines. <laughs> More importantly, like I wrote his lines and then George W. Bush Jr. translated the lines using a well, thesaurus to look smarter. <laughs> to, to be fair, he would have said constituency if I'm reading your <laughs> notes correctly. Anyway. So, yeah, he's not very happy with them for, for being chakra kiki worshippers. And he wants to help them, but they won't let him. And he's like, you know, they're like, well, you understand, Uncle. Uh, you know, dad will get all vulture murdery if we go you know how he, how he gets voodoo dolls and whatnot so so he leaves he's like you know okay but you know think about it he leaves and then they stand there discussing for a few minutes how much sense he makes yep mm -hmm. and uh another you guys correct me if i'm wrong here's uh, another line here we get the end of the scene this idea of living by the bank of the river while soap is blinding our eyes is what i just don't understand <laughs> Um, I don't understand either. <laughs> yep. I think Steve said it. I agree with Steve. That's very confusing. <laughs> yep. Noah didn't write it in his notes, so I'm going to assume that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a magic trick. If I could see it, if we could go back there, I could probably tell you what he said. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. So Superman, uh, and then of course Steve walks away and Superman keeps talking as though he doesn't realize he's alone on the porch now for a little while. And then we cut to later that day on that same porch and Kwame is drinking a watermelon. That's my one, I guess. But what the fuck else could that possibly be that he's it's drinking? Coconut. Out of? coconut. Yeah. Coconut oh, was milk. It, it was a green coconut. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. That's, weird. That's what they, they, there's two coconuts on the outside of a coconut and you got a mat and then you mat the brown thing <laughs> that we get at the store and that's the coconut to us, but they just get a big. Mah. Okay. All right. Gotcha. <laughs> So it's an African watermelon. Technical terms. And and he wants to... <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is I understand him exactly when he says that because I've watched a lot of Nigerian television. <laughs> so, so, and of course, Kwame wants to know why Uncle Cujo was there. And, uh, you know, and he's like, I sure hope you didn't take any of that money he was offering you. And they're like, no, no, we, we didn't. Damn. And we get a pretty important revelation in this scene. He says, and I watched this twice to make sure I wasn't making this up. He goes, don't you know, he wouldn't worship the ghosts of our forefathers. But right. they worship the nope. vultures of horror. Were the ghosts of their forefathers vultures of horror? <laughs> Do, I have a question, and I don't want to be judged. Do Nigerians, when they die... Turn no, I'm going to stop into... you right there. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> they 
Yeah, and they vultures. don't birth goats in reality either. So. <laughs> yes, it's vulture, human, goat. It's a really weird plan. It's another that rock. That's the other thing in the rock. <laughs> is feather, beats goat, spanking goat beats paddle, per- yeah, no, cane, that makes sense. vulture. <laughs> Goat. I feel like goat beats vulture. No, you're right. You're right. Goat beats vulture. Beats vulture, vulture. Beats human, human beats human. You're right. mix. That makes way more sense. Let's, let's be reasonable. <laughs> so, yeah. So now we finally get the the hottie that uh, Minnie LeBron is, is, is married to. I've been missing yes. her. Yes. Back to weird, somewhat porn for a woman. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So the microphone in the sheets thing. Yeah. So, yeah, he gets home to his wife and they talk for a minute about how they missed each other. She says, I miss you. I know. Like, now you will say, duh. And I wanted her to turn to camera and for, like, golden letters, like, like now you will say, duh, to appear across the screen. Like, that's her catchphrase that they created for her in this oh, movie. Oh, she said it. I'm going to say that from now on. Like, now you will say, duh. So, so, yeah, he has to tell her all about all that Satan magic back in the village. And this is where he describes the attack, the leg thing, the rotten leg thing. And we saw the leg. It just, it had Elmer's glue and then they peeled some of the glue, but not all of it back (laughs) off. That's what they did. But when he describes it, he's like, oh, and literally he's like, there are maggots coming out of it. Like there weren't maggots coming out of it. If you're in Nigeria, you couldn't have found some maggots to throw on our leg if that's what you were going for. (laughs) Come on, people. I know you have maggots. But and the wife, I'm really tired of you accusing people of that. I just want to say it here on the air where we can all hear it. <laughs> and the wife, her response to this when he talks about the maggots coming from her leg is, "What's this society turning into? <laughs> what with the maggoty legs and stuff? Like what the fuck? I mean, I don't. It's not anyway. She yeah. might as well have said kids these days. Yeah, right, right. With their maggot legs and loud music. Why can't they dance like we did? What's wrong with Sammy K? That was a Bye Bye Birdie reference, everybody. <laughs> Somebody's He's loving that. He's trying to go super G-rated to balance out the episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, your buddy Heath. Balance out what? We jokes. didn't cut anything. There's no need to balance anything. So, and this is this is very important. This is where we learned that Cujo suspects that Kwame and his family are the source of all the satanic magic that's destroying the village. That's going to be important in the next one. So now we got to go back to, okay, here's my line cue. And I, I, I seriously, I listened to this several times. This is the closest I can get. Coffee at a goy okay yourself. I already <laughs> told you I'm no model. So th- we're cutting back to Quinn, the daughter um, so that she can tell gay Arsenio Hall that she doesn't want to be in his stupid beauty pageant. Right, the dinosaurs, the cartoon dinosaurs. Yeah, the car- cartoon dinosaurs from <laughs> earlier. Who are now dressed for the 1940s, the year 2012, and 8 million years in the future, respectively. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she and they're trying to talk her into joining this, this um, beauty contest, despite the fact that she has the least attractive young woman that we've seen in any of the scenes in this movie. Um, but she isn't interested. She's going to take her blow pop and go home. Yeah. Mm. I feel like this beauty contest plot is about to pay off huge in part five. <laughs> like it's going to be big. Maybe part eight, maybe part nine. We'll see. We'll How many out. are there? I think there's only six. Oh. I'm very disappointed by that. So we'll, 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 we'll send them nine or $10. So they'll make a few more. 
So Gay Arsenio Hall is not pleased with her telling him no. As a matter of fact, he says that he's not going to take no for an answer. So he's going to pageant rape her. How do you not take no for an answer on a beauty con? I don't get how you Keith? can force. <laughs> I'm tapping in Andrew. Andrew's tapped in for me for the rest of the episode. A lot of planning that goes nope. into it. So, <laughs> so yeah, and he says, we need someone with beauty and charisma in this contest. And I'm like, beauty's debatable, but fucking charisma? Charisma. <laughs> okay, do we, do we all agree what that means? Because she only yells at people in this movie. So uh, then we cut to all the other uh, beauty pageant girls, and they're pissed because they heard Coffee, who I guess is the um, gay Arsenio Hall character, uh, has been going around saying they're not good enough for this contest. And the girl in the middle's tits are smashed together so hard, they look like they got in a car crash. Like you look, <laughs> they look like they should be like, tits on a highway, like scaring you. Be careful when you drive. One tit is like, you got peanut butter in my chocolate. Yeah, exactly. So, Aren't we buying a billboard in Texas? <laughs> Some ideas. They're getting back to us with a quote. <laughs> so, yeah. So, but, and this scene is, pointless for a scene in Vultures of Horror because they're all like, yeah, I heard he says we're not good enough and he's trying to recruit Quinn to be in the contest. And the other girl's like, oh, those are just rumors. Let's go back to looking at the iPad. I'm like, okay, that's the scene. Yeah, but it is indecipherable. At this point, I wrote in my notes, tell me what the words in this scene are and I'll split my dick with a cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what do you mean by split your dick in half with a cowbell? I don't know, man. Make like, a plan. Vertically? <laughs> I'm confused by that, that. No, vertically or horizontally is a great Makes a question. Big, is yeah, it exactly, not? Thank exactly. you. Like, like a lobster? <laughs> Wait, now I'm confused. What do you mean by lobster? <laughs> what, what did I mean by lobster? Great question. We'll just leave that hanging in the air what for the audience to figure lobster? out. So now we cut back to Achu, um, the guy that Steve and Superman are about to vulture to death or whatever. And he's getting in the car with Rose, with Superman's girlfriend. And that's when Superman shows up to kick some ass. Now, before we go into the details of this scene, I want to point out this guy has at his disposal demon vultures. That was <laughs> yes. an option. He could have gone demon vulture. <laughs> that's the whole movie. You have to keep that in mind. But he instead chose this, right? <laughs> so he comes up to the car to, to give uh, Atchu some shit. I um, also have to point out Superman and Atchu are wearing matching shirts, except one is in blue. The other is in red. Yeah, it's very it's helpful. Amazing. It looks like they're rivals in like the douchebag Olympics and they're about to like <laughs> joust or something. Next up, Popped laughing collars. and talking about surfing loudly at the table next to you. <laughs> <laughs> and again, just so that like we can never quite understand who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. Achu starts bragging about how much better he is than Superman because he can steal so much money. Right. Isn't well, that what no. he's... he says? You're just taking chicken change from your master in the city. And he goes, at least I have a master I could steal from. Yeah. What? Meaning Shocker Kiki? I, no, because no, it's the other he's... guy. It's who has the master that he can steal from. I don't. Yeah. Is he working for Quam for Cujo? I have wow. no fucking clue. This movie really falls apart in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> Now I have no idea what's happening. Then he punches happening. him in the dick. Well, yep. but, but he David A.R. White punches him, right? It's like all <laughs> the way around like an orbit. In the dick. 
Yes, absolutely. And and then in the face. Yeah. One yeah. one and then the other. And he says to to Superman, he's like, if you come near Rose again, I'll have you arrested and make sure you die in detention. Uh sorry, hate to correct you. He actually says, I'll arrest you yes. and make sure you die in prison. Oh, is right, right. Question, <laughs> and I don't want to be judged. Is everyone in Nigeria I'm, a cop? I'm- <laughs> Do they have, or is it just like if you bring a guy in? I guess. Well, if you ask them, they have to tell you. <laughs> I gotta so, yeah. send back an email. <laughs> <laughs> I got their prints on the line. <laughs> so yeah, so instead of using the vulture magic, he just goes up there and gets his ass kicked like Daniel Larusso or whatever. <laughs> and then after Achu and Rose draws drive off, he has to once again direct address the camera about how next time though gadget he's going to get him. <laughs> Yeah. The bottle line is drone. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Um, and that's it, apparently. That that is that is the movie. Now But the story continues, don't worry, well, everybody. Right, right. And so and also we get a couple of coming attractions before the credits. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited. Yeah. The last so, two look amazing. Quinn's gonna blow at someone, kids kids are gonna choke. It, it looks like <laughs> Cujo's going to join up with the bad guys for a minute. I'm very confused about where the plot of these movies is going, and I don't think the people who made these movies know. <laughs> no, but there are some creepy kids fucking with uh, Kwame at some point. Yeah, look, looks like there's a lot of awesome shit to come. Uh, Revenge of the Vultures is definitely where they put all the money. And then we get the credits, and I pointed this out every time we've done this, but I have to point it out again. In the credits... There are 55 people listed as drummers, 21 people listed as crew. Do they get more drummers every movie? I feel like they add five or six. Yeah, exactly. This is just a drummer acquirement project. (laughs) So I guess to wrap things up, I suppose we should try to put this movie in perspective. So in terms of horrible shit that has happened to Africans, where do you think this movie ranks? Mm, I'm going to go with worse than letting white girls go on foreign exchange trips there, but better than malaria. All right. No, that, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I'm going to say somewhere between uh, Heart of Darkness and Hats Off to Botswana. I have <laughs> in terms of horrible portrayals Maybe you would of Africans. come to rehearsal. El- Elias Tunde is pretty uh, halfway in between those two. Yeah. <laughs> And I guess, well, that does it for our review of Wicked Vultures 2. That's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to coax you back for next week. So, Eli, tell us what's on deck. The Resurrection of Gavin Stone. Oh, we're going back to the theaters, aren't we? Oh, yes. Oh, really? The full Christian movie experience again. Great. Complete with no one else in the theaters but (laughs) us. Me and six old black ladies. Yeah. So with Eli and six old black ladies to look forward to, we'll bring episode 76 to a merciful close. (laughs) Once again, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to every episode. You can also help us out a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. The theme song for this episode was written and performed 
performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. All the additional music was written and performed by Morgan Clark. If you'd like to hear more, you can follow the link on the show notes for this episode. Thanks again for giving us the chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm No Illusions, promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with a Breakfast Club close. The Goat Baby grew up to be a stand-up comedian. He was medium funny. Vulture number two went on to be Ben Kingsley. Hemdite all time moose cat or no more. <laughs> That's your face. <laughs>